We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello and welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. I'm Lacey and today for the very first time ever, I am joined by the one and only Lindy. <laughs> welcome, Lindy. Are you excited to be on the podcast? I am very excited to be on the podcast. I joined the Spry team back in October and I am the most remote you are for the now most distant. of the sprites as I live in Montana. And so I infrequently get to come to town. And when I'm in town, it just hasn't lined up that I've gotten to be on the podcast. And I am so excited that I get to be here today and interview you about this wonderful new week and month of content. Yes. What, what are we working on today? So we just stepped into August and this month we are focusing all month long on leveling up your Instagram. Okay. okay. And so week number one, like you said, is my week and we are focusing specifically on bio and feed strategies. Ooh. So what are we starting with in bios? Okay. So your bio is, you know, anytime that you go and look at somebody's Instagram profile. Okay. If you see their bio information, you see a link, maybe some contact information. Okay. So I want to start with the profile photo. A lot of people don't know that your profile photo has to be in a square format. So a lot of people's logos are long, right? Or wide, mm -hmm. I guess you would say. And so what we end up having to do with people who have that type of logo is either stack the words from their logo on top okay. of each other or use an icon to represent the company. Maybe they've already got a logo mark that mm -hmm. can be used. The reason that we do that is that every time somebody sees a piece of your content online, mm -hmm. on social media, on Instagram specifically... They are creating a little bit more of a connection with your brand. And so okay. we want the image that they see as your profile photo mm -hmm. to be clear mm -hmm. and to just very, very clearly communicate that it's your brand that they're seeing content from. Right. Because as a consumer of content, you want your brand to be accessible, not only in the way that they interact, but in the way that they intake your brand because the better that they can assimilate all of the information that has to do with your brand and create one cohesive mental file box, the better connection they have to the brand, which moves things along. Your logo is like that, a little bit of like a visual representation of that file box, right? Oh, absolutely. So the people, like you're saying, that are consuming your content, you want them to be able to file everything away into that box. And every time they have a little micro interaction with your brand, they're able to file it quickly into one space so that they can build trust with your brand over time. Right. Okay. After we look at your profile photo, we're then going down into the bio section quiz how yes. many characters are in the bio section are you allowed to have 150 perfect so you're allowed to have 150 characters that's not very much that's content not. and On you have to pack a lot of stuff into there yes i mean if you think about it your instagram feed is almost like 
a website in 2020, okay? Mm. And your bio is like, it's like your about section, okay? Mm -hmm. Your bio is. So you have to be able to clearly identify who you are, what you do, and have a call to action in your bio, okay? Because what happens right underneath the bio? Is your link section. Exactly. And so you're trying to drive people from seeing your brand by seeing your very clear, beautiful logo in your profile photo down to understanding who you are, what you do, and asking them to click on the link below the bio. Absolutely. There are a few things that you can add into your bio section in order to make it more efficient and communicate more clearly. How can we do that? One, one of my favorites Emojis. Emojis. Okay, why would we want to use an emoji in our bio section? Well, using an emoji only uses one character. So when you can convey multifaceted or dimensional mm-hmm. concepts oh, I see. Yeah. with mm-hmm. one or two emojis, if you are a chef or a pastry chef or a baker or something and you're all about cupcakes and croissants oh, you know yeah. that's a lot of characters to i'm spell about out cupcakes i'm about and croissants i'm about cupcakes and croissants <laughs> but you could say i'm all about them emoji cupcake <laughs> emoji croissant yes and mm, flaky <laughs> like i love me a good flaky croissant it's so good yeah, so definitely when you have an emoji, it can convey a larger idea mm-hmm. just with one character, like you said. And it also can draw like a a bit of an emotional connection almost because okay. it's drawing your eye to a color and a graphic, which can often be more compelling than just letters. Text, you digest it in a specific way, but images activate a little bit of a different part of our brain and our emotions. Is that why they're called emojis? Emotion. I just heard you <laughs> I say that. I bet, I bet it has something to do with Genius. that. Okay, so let's move on from emojis. So there are two other things that you can put into your bio section that can be very helpful. One is hashtags. Okay. So you might choose to put a hashtag in your bio if there is a specific topic that you are very active about. If Spry were to choose to have hashtags in our bio, we might choose to do something like online communities or building online communities. The topics that we are the most focused on, those are the things that we might choose to have as a hashtag to just very quickly convey that we are a part of this type of movement. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So aside from hashtags, the third thing that you can have in your bio section that can be important is actually tagging another account. Okay. Let's say, for instance, I have a personal brand, which I do, right? So I have my personal Instagram and on my personal Instagram in my bio, it says podcast host at Think Spry. Okay. And so when it says at Think Spry, what does that mean that I can do with it? It creates an internal link. Beautiful. So we're only allowed to have one link in our Instagram bio or profile section. But the hack is that hashtags and tagging of other accounts actually Mm. can work, just like you said, as an internal link. It almost cheats it, you know, giving another opportunity for people to interact with your account. So you can carefully choose to lead them to more content that is created by you or that is in line with your thinking and your brands as an easier way to help them get to know you. Absolutely. There was a time where I ran a 
test on something that I called gateway accounts. Ooh. I thought to myself that it would be easier to convert someone to little things like quotes mm -hmm. than it would be to convert them to a whole personal brand. Uh -huh. And so I had the idea of running an account that just had like positive inspirational quotes and pushing them like this account brought to you by at Lacey J. Lively, you know, uh -huh. to try to filter people like a gateway. Oh, so you're converted to this idea. You might like this. Mm. Um, I did not find that to work as well. I think the Instagram algorithms knew pretty quickly that this was more of a gateway account. Right. First of all, when I tried to add a link to my personal account from the gateway account, until you have a certain number of followers and a certain number mm. of posts, those links aren't active. Okay. So you could put the at and the handle, but it's not clickable mm. until you've proven some legitimacy in the right. account. So not a great idea, but a good experiment to decide. I mean, <laughs> experimenting is good ideas. Yes. Did it turn out to be fruitful? No, but you gain information. Yes, yes. And a lot of people choose to do like a specific Instagram account for their podcast, right? Mm. Maybe they have a brand, but their podcast has its own community that's built around okay. just that idea. Mm -hmm. But they're connected by the link in the bio, right? And right. so at some point I could see, you know, we might choose to convert to that. But that's a way where you could legitimately have a quote unquote gateway account because it's already fashioned around a community that exists. Does that make sense? It does. I've been dreaming that we could get Vixen the Fox, our Ooh. mascot, a profile. And I wonder if she could be like the podcast one. Oh, I that makes me want to dream all sorts of things. What could <laughs> what could she do? <laughs> okay, so that's the majority of the bio section. One thing that we often do just to kind of combine them is the call to action will often end up putting like some sort of emoji that points down towards oh, the link. Yes. Okay. So for instance, we have a new webinar that we do every month, right? Okay. So that means that we have a new a call to action that we end up putting in our Instagram account. Okay. So below the bio is the link, right? And you can only have one link there, right? right? And so there are two different ways that people choose to do that. They can either do it dynamically where you manually update that link whenever you have a new call to action that you're trying okay. to get people to accomplish. And when you have that call to action, you're adding those emojis up above that are drawing right. people down so. to the link. The other way that you can work with your link is there are tools and one of them is called Linktree. Okay. And Linktree actually works like a landing page. Okay. Oh. So you see like L-I-N-K dot T-R-E in people's profiles. They're mm -hmm. using the tool called Linktree. You click on it and whew, a landing page pops up. Okay. And on that landing page, you might not realize if you didn't know what you were looking at that it even is a landing page. Uh -huh. It might feel a little bit more like a menu pop yes. up on somebody's website. Yes, exactly. So what it actually is, is a singular page on the linktree.com mm -hmm. that looks like buttons and okay. allows you to put any number of buttons on. So you might have right. one that goes straight to your website, one that goes to your podcast, one that goes to your upcoming webinar. So if you have lots of different content and channels that you're trying to kind of all the time push people towards, that might be a good option. What might be a downside to using something like Linktree? So a downside is 
it increases transactional friction. Okay? okay. So when you're trying to get somebody to do what you want them to do, <laughs> you want to have the least number of steps possible to right. move them from point A to point, you know, pay you. <laughs> um, <laughs> or so, at least trust us and then pay us. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so the idea is that when you add an extra couple of clicks and not just clicks, right? The buttons pop up. You have to make sure that you're looking for the right thing. You have mm -hmm. to select the right thing. You have to click it. Now you're waiting for another page to load. It's just not as efficient. So we actually do choose to dynamically change, you know, mm -hmm. go in and change our link manually right. instead of doing a link tree. I'm not saying we would never do that, but right now that's the system that we prefer. Right. Okay. I think that's all I want to talk about for bios. <gasps> yes. I like it. Did I do okay? You did. Okay. So let's move into feed strategies. Feed strategies. You've got three things. What are we talking about first? Okay. The number one point on feed strategies is grid pattern. Okay. Grid patterns have are beautiful. They are. They've come kind of in and out of style over the last, mm -hmm. how many years has Instagram even been alive? I have no idea. <laughs> is it alive? I, can I say alive? How long has it been published? In the time that Instagram has been in existence, feed grid patterns have come in and out of style. We used to see these like grid patterns where you would do like nine posts at one time and it would be like almost like a puzzle oh, and each cool little one would be one piece of a larger image. Okay. Like each one could have one word and have a nine word sentence. Or let's say, for instance, it's pizza. <laughs> pizza. Right? And it's like the top corner, the top middle, the right corner, the, you know, uh -huh. and, and it's all in this nine grid pattern. So that's one old school grid pattern that people okay. used to use. Now, over time, that has become less useful because like what? You're scrolling through your feed and all of a sudden you're seeing like eight photos chopped up of the pizza that looks almost one the same. giant mushroom. That style is not a, as effective. But uh -huh. we've seen this resurgence in grid patterns that are just this really nice aesthetic appeal of some sort of pattern. Sometimes you might see it as an AB pattern. Sometimes you might see it as an AABB pattern. Sometimes it's even more intricate. I mean, we've done like an AB pattern, but where the fourth one has a text overlay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Sometimes those look like a photo and then a graphic, like a quote graphic. So it ends up as this really nice checkerboard looking thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do things that are a little more subtle that people might not even notice. Right. Like let's take, for instance, we manage an account for a peer, right? Okay. Like a big structure. So one photo is the big structure uh -huh. and then the next photo has something in the foreground and the structure mm. in the background. Okay. We might do a close up and a far away. And yes. so there is this aesthetic appeal that people can almost feel before they see sometimes. Right. Do you I, have any thoughts on it? I do. I just, I've seen some of the ones that we've been working on. And what I like about them is that some of the ones that are a little bit more overt, but in a subtle way, like your brain. Overtly subtle? Yes. <laughs> like sometimes when they're colors, okay, your brain instantly registers this color pattern subconsciously and it feels like a piece of artwork. Yes. And so it activates this other level of like appreciation mm. for the content mm -hmm. and strengthens your brand connection with people. And so 
we have a few different content creators at Spry. And as we've been prepping for our Instagram month, we've been showing each other the grid patterns that we've been working on and trying to see if we can guess what everybody's grid patterns are. And some are super easy to see and others, it takes a little bit more time to kind of really look and Mm -hmm. dig deeper into what it might be. Why do we do this, right? Okay, so it does create that, that aesthetic appeal we're talking about, but also it shows this deeper level of intentionality. If somebody comes and looks at your profile, they can see right away that these people are doing something on purpose. Yes. Okay. And if you're not doing something on purpose on Instagram, then you're just missing out. You're missing out on that trust that can be built in an instant when people can see a strategy executed. Because not all consumers of our content necessarily see our strategies. Correct. Right. They see our content, but they don't really see all the hard work that goes on the background. Correct. This is like a secondary level it's like strategy. A visual. They can see the visual of a strategy in place and it's beautiful. And they like appreciate that work. Like, oh, they're creating all of this content and they're making great content. And on top of making this great content, they are also Adding another layer of strategy and precision and care in their choices. I remember when I first told Rachel, who works with me on that account with the big structure that we uh-huh. that we manage, when I first told her I wanted to put this grid pattern into place, she was a little hesitant. Like, oh man, that feels like it's going to be really binding. Like, you know, having to do it this way on top of all the other things that are in the strategy, it mm-hmm. feels like it's going to be really difficult. And now, ever since she's gotten into the flow of it, right. every other Instagram account that she's been a part of, she's put a grid pattern in. <laughs> there really is something about telling yourself that the next post has to be this way that ignites this sort of creativity in you that oh. solves the problem more than if you would have had every option in the world right. available to you. What am I going to post about next? Oh, well, it needs to it be. It needs to be X, Y, Z. Right. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a pressure cooker for strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's number one. Number two, let's talk about formatting. Okay. Okay? So anybody who has managed Instagram profiles for a while has frustration around formatting. The nitty gritty always gives people frustration. God, it's it's so difficult. It's like if you post natively, meaning you're opening up the app, you're putting in a photo. Have you noticed when you're scrolling through Instagram that if people want to have, by golly, paragraphs, oh, they want to break their content into paragraphs, easily digestible nuggets of information. Well, what do they do? They have to have spaces between those paragraphs, right? Okay. And I cannot tell you exactly why, but when you try to put those spaces in place, mm-hmm. When you are drafting a post in the app and then you push publish, it deletes the extra space between paragraphs. Oh, I think I've seen people get around this when they add a bunch of like periods at the start of them. I was like, what is this for? Yes. Is it like a decoration? No. (laughs) It's people trying to somehow figure out a way to keep their formatting in place. Mm. Okay. So that's super frustrating. So how do we get around that? We normally get around that because we're using scheduling tools. Okay. So. Co-Schedule is one tool we use. Hootsuite's another tool we use. Even mm-hmm. Facebook's Creator Studio. Oh. All of those tools, if you put the formatting in place properly, mm-hmm. it translates and it stays. That's nice. It doesn't change. So 
I don't know what it is about the way that a draft post in the app, when it publishes, changes the code that you've put in place. That line break doesn't mm. stay. But if you're using a scheduling tool, it does stay. Okay. Awesome. Another thing I want to talk about is the length of posts, okay? You actually can get away on Instagram with doing longer post content. It doesn't mean that every one of your followers is going to care to read all four paragraphs of your content. When we're talking about paragraphs, are we talking about like high school English class, a paragraph has three to five sentences? No. I I mean, really? One sentence can be a paragraph on social media. So you can have a few different paragraphs of that content. You don't always have to do that, but Mm -hmm. you can feel free to expound a bit more on an idea on Instagram than you might choose to on Facebook. Yes, I love it. You always say people come to Instagram for information and inspiration. And a part of that inspiration can be reading the text that goes along with the visually aesthetic and pleasing pictures that people consume before the text. Exactly. Perfect. That's a little bit for length of posts. And then the last thing on formatting is hashtag formatting. Okay. So you'll notice one of two ways that people put hashtags into their content. One is they do like we talked about before where they put a few spaces between the chunk of hashtags and their actual content. Uh Uh-huh. They might do that in a scheduling tool by just pushing enter a few times or natively in the app by having some periods there to make that space hold. Okay. The second way that you can choose to do it is just by putting your hashtags in the comment. Okay. Okay. I've done it both ways and I haven't noticed any sort of difference in the amount of traffic that I've gotten increased or decreased based on whether I put them in the caption or a comment. Right. And I guess it probably also has to do with what kind of tools you're using to schedule your content because there are some platforms that allow you to check a box and add the hashtags into the comments. There are some that don't and that would be a lot of work to kind of go back in. Oh, I've used and remember a scheduling to do tool that. but exactly. now I need to remember to make a comment. Right. So I guess it just really depends on whether you are doing it natively, using a tool, what options your tool has for you. Okay, so the last bullet point in our feed strategy is optimization. I almost always come back to optimization. Adrian on our team never likes it when I use that word. She really <laughs> likes us to use conversational language and not jargon. So if I were going to use a word instead of optimization, it would be like traffic. Okay? okay. Like how do you get more eyes on your content? And so to me, as somebody who started in the industry in SEO, okay. I just think optimization. Right. How not do I traffic pattern? Yes. <laughs> like how do I optimize my content to make sure that it's being seen by the most people? Okay. So there is a whole podcast and blog post about this. I think it's called Six Ways to Increase Your Instagram Traffic. See, I took her advice there and and at least titled it without the word optimization. Yeah, that, it can be scary for new people. So I have four of them that I want to focus on today. Location tags is one of them. So when you are creating a post on Instagram, you have the ability to add a location tag before you publish. So yes. a location tag basically says this piece of content was created here. So if you have a photo Uh that was taken, your location tag should be the place that you are in in the photo. Does that make sense? Right. Not at your house in your bedroom where you are. It's like I I was over at the golf course, you know, six hours ago and I took this photo, but I'm going to put the location tag as my house. Well, first of all, never put your house (laughs) as a a location tag. Okay. Um, The coffee shop where I'm doing my work. Exactly. So you wouldn't 
tag the coffee shop because that's where you're posting it. You would tag the location that's visible in the photo. Mm, okay. What that allows you to do is actually show up when people are searching for content in that location tag. Oh. So I, as a marketer, actually use location tags to search mm-hmm. for other people a lot. Mm. I see it a lot with local retail type companies. We've got okay. a restaurant. We've got a coffee shop. So we'll oscillate between a location tag that is specific to our actual physical location okay. and then do something a little bit more broad like the city that we are in. Mm-hmm. You can just put you know, Vancouver, Wa, Bend, Oregon, Seattle, right. Washington. And then your content is starting to show up in that feed right. of all the people who are posting in that space. And because if I'm like to see what's going on downtown in my city or I'm going to a new city or I'm moving somewhere, I might search something a little bit more general like that, trying to see, oh, what's happening? What do people like to do there? And you can come across new brands and as the consumer and as the product be seen by more people. Yes. It's like a magnet, you know, like we all on Instagram, how else could we find each other unless we had these like magnets and I don't know that said, come to me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if we didn't, the content would just be out there and nobody would even know it existed. So you have to, you have to have these like tractor beams. I like it. Let's call it gravity. Okay. You have to have these little gravity fields. that pull people into you and one of them is location tags and as we learn with gravity the closer you are to an object the higher the level of gravity and so we increase the gravity with our consumers the more that they see our content and so we are spreading our gravity well Mm. when we increase the number of places people can come in contact oh I love a good science metaphor (laughs) (laughs) okay so aside from location tags we can also use alt tags okay do you know what an alt tag is actually for so an alt tag is what the device screen readers screen reader okay that's the word i, I got you remember. what a screen reader would say to someone who was visually impaired that was consuming the content so if it's a picture of a cat it might be say woman holding cat sitting on couch and that is what would be read aloud to someone consuming the content exactly so it really is an accessibility issue mm-hmm. you don't have to put in an alt tag but We've been starting to see more and more that the platforms are actually prompting people. It's like, make your content more accessible. Add an alt tag. Okay. But of course, because I come from a background of SEO and optimization, I'm like, so how can I use this for my benefit, (laughs) you know? And so instead of just saying a lady holding a cat, I'm going to increase my gravity well. And I'm going to say, let's go back to the golf course idea. Let's say that I run an account for a golf course and I've got a photo of somebody out on the greens, right? Is that the right phrase? out on the greens. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) So I might put in my alt tag something like professional business group out golfing on golf course in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Does that make sense? So you're getting location, you're getting golf course, you're getting professional business group. Yes. You're hitting lots of key searchable groups and ideas. So you're saying what it is that is in the photo, Mm -hmm. but you're also optimizing it. Yeah. You're <laughs> you know? using words that increase search algorithm. 
benefits. Good. So another thing that we can do is tag other people in our content. Okay. So you could tag people in your actual post content Mm -hmm. and you can also tag people in your photos. When you tag somebody in Mm -hmm. either one, they get a notification. Okay. So let's say that I just went and got my hair did. Right. And I end up wanting to tag my individual stylist. Okay. I might tag the um, salon. Right. And maybe I'm out at a restaurant pre-COVID taking this photo and uh-huh. maybe I tag the restaurant in the photo too. Uh-huh. So then all three of those people get a notification. Right. And they might end up sharing that content into their stories because we've yes. represented them in our content. Right. Every time somebody shares your content, mm-hmm. that increases your organic reach. Right. Meaning you don't have to pay to reach more people because you've just networked properly right and you've created good content you have increased their wanting to share your content because you are providing good reviews of their products and so they're going oh free advertising let me just share this thing where someone has said how wonderful i am so that other people that are lurkers in the back of my community will be like oh look at how wonderful this is they wanted to share it on their own and now we're sharing it too so tagging people is like old school networking digitized does that make sense yes so on the same vein you can overdo it and become spammy as well Mm. right if you go around everywhere you go you're like oh have you met my friend xyz oh you should do this x you know you if you're constantly doing that it gets annoying people Mm -hmm. stop listening to you right if you tag six different accounts in every single post you do and it's like almost relevant to what you're posting about Mm. but not quite people are going to get pretty sick of that and you will probably get out of there well and it's about quality of content correct right you want people to be able to trust your brand and trust what you content you're putting out. And then the last thing that you that I want to talk about that you can do to optimize your content is hashtags. Okay. I put it last because I don't like it. I, <laughs> I again, drawing back to my SEO days, there were keyword tags that you could add to each page on a website uh-huh. and people just started stuffing those keyword tags with any type of phrase that they might want to show up for. So it was obviously overdone very quickly. So you can still put in a keyword tag if you want, but the search engines don't really read it anymore. Okay. Same idea is what's happening with hashtags. And Mm. if I were to put my prediction hat on, I would say give us five more years and hashtags aren't even a thing anymore. Okay. Or at least they're not a thing that you use to market. They might be a thing that you use to like join specific trending conversations. Okay. But not things that you're using to try to get more people to see your content. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? It does. So what I think I'm hearing is that maybe if like in your actual content writing, it felt right to add the hashtag, you Mm -hmm. know, because I'm like hashtag mom life, you Mm -hmm. know, all those crazy things or you would add them if it felt genuine genuine in your content, mm-hmm. but not like, hey, I'm just like okay. taking my information over here exactly. and trying to get people to So see I it. use mom life in my content. Maybe it's like part of what I'm writing, but then afterwards, do you also add like 12 other hashtags that are mom this, mom that? Because no. you're just, you know, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. So... Okay, so that is basically everything that I have put together for bio and feed strategies. Did you learn a lot? I did. 
And I'm, I'm so glad. really excited for the rest of the content this month, too. I know, me too. At the end of every Spice Space podcast episode, we like to talk about where we've been working lately. As a yeah. total remote team at Spry, sometimes we work in interesting places. We do. So tell me what is an interesting place you've been working in lately. Well, I have a very fun, interesting place that I have been working because I live in Montana and I have driven safely using my COVID precautions to Washington to be with some family. And we stopped at my in-law's house in Northern Idaho. And on the last day there, her washing machine broke with my last load of laundry soaking wet in the washing machine. And so I had to run to the laundromat and wash my clothes and it happened to be right during one of our weekly marketing meetings. <laughs> and so masked up at the laundromat, washing my clothes, doing a meeting. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't had to do the laundromat yet. Sitting in the car getting my oil changed. I've done Ooh, that one. Very mm-hmm. nice. Okay, so if you enjoyed this content, next week we're going to be talking specifically about Instagram story strategies. <sighs> and Jessica is in charge of this she content. She's so good at that. So I'm excited to see what all she has put together. Yes. Um, So if you're interested in that or if you're interested in seeing more about the content that we talked about here today, where can you find us? You can find us at ThinkSpry on all of your major social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, occasionally on Twitter. Yeah, we post really. we post links on Twitter to our content that we're creating, but we don't have a community built around that at this point. So we let that go. I think those are all of them. I think that is too. Other than that, um, we do have a Facebook group called Spry Space, Ooh, which yes. we love, love, love to have people in there. That is where basically anybody who's a social media manager who manages mm. any sort of social media accounts can come and troubleshoot and brainstorm and just get support from other social media managers because this is not an easy profession to be no. in. I mean, it can be fun and it can be, you know, it can be a really fun. That's as far as I'm going to go. It's really, <laughs> it can be really fun sometimes. Entertaining. But it's also can be really hard to have as much empathy as you need to have to be a good uh, community manager and stay positive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And with as quick as platforms change, it can leave you feeling kind of dumb sometimes because it's you're true. like, oh, this didn't work or I don't understand why this isn't working now. Is anybody um, else experiencing this? Right. And right. it's a really safe space to be able to be like, I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. or Someone why is help. this not working mm-hmm. and not feel like you're losing you know street cred or that you're just floundering trying to help your clients perfect okay thank you so much for your time coming and spending with us today lindy thank you for being on the podcast for the first time i hope we do lots more yes see you later at thanks bry talk to you soon bye bye